You're listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au. So we're in for a treat this morning. So Father, would you speak through Paul? We open our hearts, we open our ears to hear what you have to say this morning, that uh, you have to say to us as individuals and you have to say to us as a church. And Lord, we pray that you will bless their words and you will bless them as a couple, Lord, and that you will just open doors for their ministry into the future. Pray that uh, you will use them powerfully, Lord, to spread the gospel, to bring people to the knowledge of Christ and uh, to build up the church. So we thank you for their gifts, the calling you've put on their life and their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you for that introduction, and uh, Ian Mill and the church, thanks for having us. Uh, part of what God's doing here at, uh, at, at church. I think this is, uh, can I just come down just a little bit? I got a big voice and, uh, I get intimidated by my own voice. <laughs> uh, I think this is, uh, our 26th, 27th church we've been in this year, so busy year. And, uh, Ian, rightly so. We, we, we love the local church. And, uh, I love what God's doing, uh, around, uh, the nations. Predominantly, uh, God's called us just to, uh, share our hearts in Australia. I go to New Zealand a lot, and uh, and I love I love the Kiwis. Amen. Kia ora. Are you Kiwi? Are you? So. Uh, oh, they're far. Hello. So we've known each other for many years, but uh, I love what uh, I love what God's doing in our local churches. Uh, before I get into preach on the bigness of the kingdom, I'm going to preach on the kingdom of God this morning. Um, Early this year, in fact, when we handed over Lighthouse Church uh, in Sydney, God had put uh, Isaiah 54 in my heart, um, and uh, we, we heard from Isaiah 53 this morning. And, and so I just want to uh, share this verse over us. I've been quite uh, annoyed. Is that okay to get annoyed? Is that okay? Uh, quite annoyed uh, with the media and other things. Uh, they always try to portray the church as small and insignificant, uh, but last time I read Isaiah 9, it says that of the increase of God's kingdom and domain, there'll be no end. Uh, in fact, uh, God's kingdom is very big. And so in Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, it says this. And I want to speak it prophetically over us this morning. Because it's important that we allow the word of God to speak in, inside of our spirit instead of the voice of the world. Can I say that this morning? It's important that we release truth, not lies. Uh, there's a lot of things around there that they want to make us uh, small, small thinking. But uh, uh, the word that I have for us this morning is big, big, just big. I just like the word big. There you go. And it says this, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left, significant, that verse. And you shall expand to the right and to the left. The cross of Jesus is both vertical and horizontal, to the right and to the left. This is almost a, a messianic, prophetic declaration of the cross to come. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities Inhabited. Obviously, this is a word that was speaking over the people of Israel, and we always must be careful not to exegete anything outside of its context. 
But it's a prophetic declaration for us to stay big. And it says, enlarge the place of your tent. And I believe it's a foreshadowing of the enlargement of the kingdom of God that I'm going to preach on today. Keep yourself big. Stay big. Always think that God is big. God is not small. Amen. God is not small. God defeated Satan, but he also defeated death on the cross. This word is important for us today. It's a prophetic declaration. And I believe God is saying this to you as a church to stay big. He says, because there's a time of harvest at hand. We've seen more people come to Jesus now than in any other time before. So get excited. The lost are coming to Jesus. Souls are coming to Jesus. Schools are opening up. This year, my son was invited here in Melbourne. He left all of his mates in Sydney and uh, he was running Elf in a local school. Uh, in, it's a Christian school, but they probably only have about 70% of Christian kids. And my son led somebody to Christ in a school here in Melbourne. How good is that? God is changing the tide. Amen. Don't listen to the naysayers, to the negatives and this. God is on the, the, the advance. And I love this. Souls are coming to Jesus. Schools are opening up. Nations are coming. Neighborhoods are being transformed by his grace. And I believe that every local church transforms the environment we're in. You're not here just to have a good time on a Sunday morning. But every time we come together, something happens, something changes. I believe we have a voice in, in, in suicide, especially teenage suicide. I believe that. I believe that. I was prophesying this word in a church in Sydney. And as I look in on my right hand side, there's the ex-captain of, of the Wallabies, Nick Far Jones. Him and his wife, I didn't know this. We did not know this. Him and his wife now lead one of the major uh, ministries, well, it's not a ministry, movements to stop teenage suicide in Australia. I'm, I'm speaking this word and the pastor, Paul, says, can you stop speaking for a minute and invite a Nick Fudge Jones. I'm prophesying this very scripture over them. God is changing. He's using the church to change suicide in our nation. Domestic violence is another one. I believe that God's going to give us a voice to stop domestic violence. God abhors domestic violence. It should be on our hearts all the time. God, help us. How can we change this kind of stuff? God's enlarging our sphere of influence. Sandwich between Isaiah 53, which is the redemptive king, and Isaiah 55, which is the refreshing king. Isaiah 54 is the revival king, the king of revival. And I believe that we are on the verge of revival. I believe that God is bringing the church into a place, preparing us right now for a third awakening in Australia. I hope that excites you. Paul says in Galatians 4.27 that this is the birthing of the new covenant. And the Old Testament is always a foreshadowing of what God's about to do. Amen? So get ready for the bigness of God. Let's preach what we're going to preach on today. Matthew, I'm going to start with Matthew 6.33. It's a well-known scripture. And so today I want to uh, ask the question, how do we stay big? How do we as a church, how does a leadership, how do we as visionary stay big? And so today I want to look at three things. The king, the kingdom, and us as ambassadors of the kingdom here on earth. Because God never got you saved just so you could go straight to heaven. You have a purpose. And your purpose is to be an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. You make a difference. God has empowered you, has given you talents, has given you whatever, so you can make a difference, so you can bring Jesus into our world. Yes? Yep. Fantastic. All right. Matthew 3, 30, uh, 6. I'll, uh, I'll read a couple of verses before. Therefore, do not worry 
Don't you like that? If he says don't worry, then if you're worrying, you can be at peace about it this morning. What shall you eat or what shall you drink or what shall you wear? For after all these things, the gentle seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all things. And it says this, but seek first the kingdom of God. Now, I want to tell you something bizarre every time I read this. When I look at this verse, and I've, I've preached on this many times, I'll finish it off, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added to you. But when I read this verse, my brain or my mind goes to this, but seek first the king. Now, it's not in the scripture, is it? But every time I look at this, it says, but seek first the king of the kingdom, and then seek the kingdom. I don't know why that, but I see, even when I read it now, even when I read it now, I always see this, seek first the king and his kingdom, and his kingdom. So I want to ask this, this question this morning, how do we stay big? Number one, we need to keep on focusing on King Jesus. We celebrate Christmas uh, in a week, 10 days. You bought me a pre- Oh yes, I've got my present. I'm, I'm wearing my present. I won't tell you where it is because it might offend some of you, but it's on my shoulder. There you go. From New Zealand. Fantastic. Might offend some of you that I got a bit of artwork on my arm. We need a fresh revelation of Jesus. If you got your Bibles this morning, would you turn to Colossians 1.15? Now I've changed the wording of this a little bit because I've been renowned to do this. I don't add or subtract to the word of God, but instead of putting the word in him, I put the word Jesus. In a couple of weeks, we celebrate Christmas and we need to share Jesus with people. Amen. We are conduit of this amazing thing, the gospel of the kingdom. We should be the living transformation everywhere we go. Church is not about doing things on Sunday. It's Monday in the workforce. We carry Jesus. For a lot of people, you're the closest thing to Jesus they'll ever see. Isn't that incredible? We often go, oh, no, don't look at me. Don't look. No, 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 no. Rivers of living water need to come out of us. New wine needs to come out of us. We represent Jesus as ambassadors into the world we live in. Let me read this. It says this, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by Jesus, all things were created. The Hebrew name of creator is the word Elohim. Elohim is the plurality of God. And it's also, it brings us into this covenant of God. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. He is El Shaddai. The God all-powerful. You ever have a bad day? You ever have a day that you go, God, what's going on here today? Sometimes we need to have another revelation of Jesus. So, wow, there's a king that sits on the throne. It's going to be okay today. Today it's going to be okay because Jesus sits on the throne. And if he sits on the throne and I'm not sitting on the throne, it's going to be a great day. And Jesus is before all things. And in Jesus, all things hold together. All things hold together. Not the media, not your paycheck, not your boss, not even your marriage, not your children. All things hold together because of one person. The church needs to come back to the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. Even theology. And I've got a couple of 
whatever the degrees in theology and whatnot. The theology is the study of God. We were never meant to study God. We're always meant to know Him personally. Paul says, I want to know Christ. The next part of the verse makes me nervous and sharing his suffering. I don't really like that bit, but we can't take anything out of the Word of God. And Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. He is the head, the body. He is the senior pastor of the church. You like that? He is the senior pastor. I can relax. When we get a revelation that I'm, I'm an elder or whatever I am, but he is the senior pastor. He is the head of the church. It's all about him. It was always about Jesus. Amen. It's not about who's coming, it's not coming, about the money. It's Jesus. And I believe that if we lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw all men unto him. This Christmas, can I encourage you, in your homes, not just Sunday, lift up the name of Jesus. Look for an opportunity to worship King Jesus in the marketplace and bring him in there. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might have the preeminence. That means lordship. Adonai. You know, we, we use these words, but they never get tested when he asks us to submit something to his will. And too often as a church, we can be arrogant. Can I say this? Not this church, but as a church, we need to walk humbly. It says in the word of God, God gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. And the church needs to walk in humility, not be arrogant. I can quote this scripture and, and look at us. How about we clean up our own mess first? How about we put Jesus first again in our lives and then the world will see, amen? How about we start loving one another? How about we stop criticizing one another? How about we start becoming cheerleaders of one another? It says in John 17, then the world will know that you are my disciples. When we love Jesus, we've got to love one another. It's a great commandment. I don't know about that. That in everything you might have the preeminence, but thank you. For in Jesus, all the fullness of God, Yahweh. I love the name Yahweh because it's the covenant name of God. You and I are people of the covenant. When people ask me about marriage, it's, it's a no-brainer. For us, marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. Not a contract. It's easy. I don't have to fight with the world because they see it as a, cov- a, a contract. And you can marry anything you want or anybody you want or anything. But for us, marriage is a covenant between three people. God, man and woman. Amen. Three people, not two, three. Because we are people of Yahweh, of the covenant in here. Was pleased to dwell and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things. We're on earth, on heaven and making peace with the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, that we would have that tattooed in our hearts. That scripture alone. He is the king. Every morning that we would wake up and have a revelation of Jesus. Matthew 16, 15, he asked the question, but who do you say I am? Sometimes we talk about Jesus and there's a song as if he's not even in the room. And I believe the church needs to come to that place of humility. All to Jesus I surrender. The king's in the house. Imagine if we truly believed every time we got together that King Jesus was in the house. Our attitude would change. Our way we worship would change. The way that we would build our local churches because it's all about the king. Amen? It's not about me. It was never about me. We come to church sometimes, I didn't like that song this morning. You just didn't make it happen for me. 
Well, I want to tell you a little secret. If you don't like worship, you're going to hate heaven. Because there's going to be those songs and more like them. We're going to be worshipping for eternity. Amen? Church is not about me. What would happen if we came to church for? How can I bless today? How can I be a cheerleader today? When Ian is preaching, wow, thank you. It wasn't the sermon that I needed. It doesn't matter. What can I give? How can I bless when I come to church? Because it's all about the king. It's all about the king. That's the majesty of the king. Part two, the message of the king. And Jesus did this. In Luke 19, it says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That's it. The lost people matter to God. Did you know that? John 3.17 says this, For God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus Christ. Lost people matter to God. Luke 4.42-43 Now when it was day, he departed and went into the desert place. And the crowd sought him and came after him. No rest for Jesus. Do you feel like that sometimes, Ian? You know, when you're tired? So what am I, just staying home and watching the cricket? And watching Clarkie do a phenomenal catch. And then the phone goes, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? You know that ministry sometimes is inconvenient. Do you know that? It was inconvenient for Jesus to go to the cross. I actually don't feel like going to the cross today. It's not a good day for me to die. Would you mind? I just want to go fishing with my mates. And the crowd followed him. He's exhausted. He's just preached his heart out. He's just gone for him. And they came to him, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I was sent. Oh, that we would preach the kingdom of God. Amen. The focus is the king and the kingdom. Matthew 4, 23. And he went through all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. I think, can I be a bit naughty this morning, Ian? I'm not going to stop now. I think we complicate church. I think we complicate it. Jesus preached the kingdom of God and people came. He preached the gospel of the kingdom and people paid attention. Signs and wonders followed the gospel of the kingdom. I'm not saying that every Sunday Ian should come up and preach the gospel of the kingdom. But at some point, we need to bring it back to the major. At some point, we need to bring, if it was good enough for Jesus, surely it's good enough for us. That people are always pointed back to the gospel. People always pointed back to Jesus, not to the church. You know what? There are 5.2 billion people right now, alive right now, who don't know Jesus. 5.2 billion people who are desperate for good news. Desperate for good news. You probably noticed and heard on the news what happened with the volcano in New Zealand. That afternoon... My son Josiah got a text message from, my, from, from one of his mates back in Sydney. He said, do you realize who's, who was on the island? It's one of the, my, my boy's mates. So they found him, but they haven't found his family. So while it was good news that they found young Jesse, my son went to school with Jesse for seven years. But they haven't found his family. But bad news is horrible. Have you ever received bad news? You know, every time people don't receive the gospel, it's bad news. Every time we share the good news of the gospel, it's great news. You know what? Can I say something to you this morning? I am not going to hell. Is that good news? And if you know Jesus, you're not going to hell either. Because you received the gospel of salvation. Amen? 
and other people around you need your good news on the other side of your obedience to the gospel of the kingdom, somebody may just not go to hell today and come to heaven. Amen? I love what Reinhard Bonnke said. My goal in life is to make heaven full and hell empty. What a mandate. He just led 77 million people to salvation in Jesus. How do you lead that many people to Christ? Reinhard Bonnke just passed into glory this week. One of the greatest evangelists ever to see. I'd be happy just to lead a dozen people to Jesus. Number two. Number one, we focus on the king. Number two, focus on the main thing. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And this is my definition. The kingdom of God is the sovereign, supernatural rule and reign of Jesus Christ here on earth. He rules. There's one thing to say, oh, we worship King Jesus. It's another thing to lay down our lives before his kingship. Because he'll demand of you things that you don't want to give up. He'll ask of you to go to the nations. He'll ask you to partner with churches struggling all around to give financially. You know, this church is a kingdom church. I just picked up a couple of things a couple of weeks ago. I was with Ian Mel, a couple of people in the home, just talking about partnership. And just so, with so much humility, he just shared some of the things that this church has done to support other church plants. That is the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. If all that you see is us, it gets very small. But if you see the kingdom of God, if you see church plants, if you see the nations, look at that, what are the things? Ask God, God, where can I go? Where can I save? If you can't go, how can I bless? Who can I pray for? Amen? That is the kingdom of God. It is big. See, the church is great, but the church is only the door to the kingdom of God. It's only only the door. Can I say that? But when you step into the kingdom, you go, ooh la la. Look what God wants, how God wants me to use the 700 talents he's given me in life. Did you know that? Every human being has been given by God seven hundred talents in your lifespan. Think about that. I don't know. But human beings have about 700 talents. And by the way, we don't use not even half of them. The kingdom of God is the sovereign, supernatural rule and reign of King Jesus here on earth where his presence and heavenly glory is manifested through victory over sin broken by the cross. Amen. We are people of the cross. The kingdom of God without the cross is devoid. We are people of the cross of Jesus. It's empty. Amen. It's empty, but we are people of the cross. We bring people to the cross. We don't bring them to some pie in the sky. The kingdom of God points to Jesus, who when he was 33 years of age, died for a wicked, broken, lost humanity. We still preach sin, don't we? But Jesus paid for it once and for all. We don't focus on sin. We focus on Jesus. The kingdom of God preaches that sin is broken across, that death is defeated at his resurrection. Amen? This frustrates me a little bit. So many Christians or so many people get saved and come to the cross of Jesus. The cross is just a door. Amen? And they never come through the door and live in the power of the resurrection. And the power and the anointing of the Spirit of the living God. You were never meant to be a lemon-sucking Christian. You're meant to be alive in the power of God when new wine is poured out of you, where the joy of the Lord is poured out of you. People are not attracted 
to boring Christianity. Can I say that? The Bible is exciting. Jesus is exciting. Let's bring across a kin and a kingdom which is exciting to people. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Thank you, my sis. Sickness and every disease is healed in his name. Do we believe that? Because tomorrow morning in the marketplace, God may just ask you to lay hands on a sick person. God raises the dead today. Do you believe that? The kingdom of God says that greater things will accompany those who preach the word of God. I truly believe that we're going to see some signs and wonders that we've never seen before, including raising the dead, including one day, imagine worshipping here and through that door. Imagine an ambulance pulling up with somebody just being killed in an accident or a baby has just died from SIDS, if you know what that is. They bring a dead baby in here and say, Ian, I don't know why. We had this voice that said we had to bring a baby in here. Would you pray? Baby's dead. Amen. And then the baby comes alive. Imagine the witness of that for the kingdom of God. I wonder though that sometimes we don't see the signs and wonders because we take the glory for ourselves instead of giving that back to the king. Just saying. Just saying. Victory over demonic powers. You know there is demonic powers. There's a thing on SBS or Current Affair. Do demons really exist? I'm not sure if you watched it. They're not going to give you a loan. I don't believe that a Christian can be demon uh, possessed. If you're born again, spirit filled, full of Jesus, I don't believe that there can be cohabitation with a demonic force. But for not one second do I believe that the demonic will come and attack you. Of course he does. The demonic powers don't like that you're full of Jesus. Oh, we're going to witness today. <laughs> you go church. You're just going to enjoy yourself. You're going to see the kingdom fall. Oh yes, I'm so happy. He's going to do everything he can to thwart what this church is called to be, a kingdom church. This church was birthed out of these very scriptures. This church here was birthed and then handed over to these guys to be a kingdom city church for the nations. Amen? Never look at yourselves as small. Said God, we are part of something so much bigger called the kingdom of God. In the kingdom, there's love instead of despair. There's a spirit of adoption. There's sons and daughters instead of hirelings. At the cross of Jesus, you were given a kingdom passport. Isn't it good? Paul puts it this way. No longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. I'm a new creation, baby. I'm a new creation. My thinking, my eyesight, what I touch is to bring glory to the king and advance his kingdom. Amen. Hope instead of despair. Jesus, there's a lot of hopelessness out there. A lot of hopelessness. A lot of depression. You know that suicide in Australia is up by 33%. We are one of the highest nations in the world for suicide, especially males between 16 and 25. My grandfather took his life. This is personal. My mum's dad in the country at Dubbo, I never met him, took his life. My cousin, eight months ago, when bust again on the farm. And my cousin, my, his wife rang me up. She said, he's about to nick himself. He's got his loaded rifle. He's in the shed. Can you ring him? This is personal. The church has the power through the blood of Jesus to stop demonic forces from taking lives. People, God is talking to some of you in this room today. Your neighbor, somebody in your family. The word of hope, the word of the gospel changes lives. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He can use you today. Maybe you're here today. 
Maybe you are suffering with depression, anxiety, whatever it is. Maybe you even had suicidal thoughts. Jesus is here today. Let's just pray. Lord, if there's anybody right now who just needs to be touched from you, this is personal. You died for that person in this room, in this meeting today. You can interrupt this preach anytime. If it means that you're going to save physically a life right now. And so if you're suffering from depression, if you're suffering from anxiety, and if you had suicidal thoughts, in the name of Jesus, we say we love you. In the name of Jesus, we say that the cross, at the cross, Jesus said these words, Teleo, it is finished. He's taken your brokenness, your despair, your fear, and he will redeem you today. I speak the healing blood of Jesus over you in Jesus' name. Amen. The kingdom is about beauty for ashes. It's about having the mind of Christ instead of timidity. It's about having joy, unspeakable joy. I want to ask you this morning, have you got unspeakable joy? Unspeakable joy. You know, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness depends on things outside to make me happy. But joy comes from the inside out. The joy of the Lord said Nehemiah, is my strength. That's the kingdom of God. That's the language of the kingdom. It says in Psalm 16, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. That's the language of the kingdom of God. That when I am the presence of the king, when I am in worship of the king, when I am in taking his presence, I bring the joy of the Lord in my world. Amen. Do you know that you can go in an environment and change that environment just because you bring the glory of the Lord into that place? You change it. You transform the very atmosphere. I've seen it happen time and time again. You walk into a place, the accounts don't work, things are in disarray. You come in and God brings order. God brings order. There's no disorder in the kingdom of God. Paul calls it a clashing symbol in 1 Corinthians. I understand it's in the context of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They all have a right place. But can I say this? God is not a God of disorder and God's not a fruitcake. God is not, the Holy Spirit is not a fruitcake. That when we bring the Holy Spirit in the marketplace, he's not weird. The Holy Spirit is never weird. He is the Holy Spirit. Interesting that he's the only one in the Trinity called holy. And yet we treat the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit with such whatever. You know, ugh, the Holy, the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit should be treated like this. And then the fruit of the Spirit should be treated like this, even more importantly. Because if I don't have the fruit of the Spirit or character, then the gifts cause a lot of damage. Don't know why I said that. It doesn't matter. But Jesus preached the kingdom of God wherever he was. He brought joy. He brought transformation. He brought hope. He brought life. He brought the way. And he brought hope to people. Hope. If our gospel doesn't bring hope to people, it's a dead Christianity. And it's in the power of resurrection, says in 1 Corinthians 15. If our preaching is devoid of the power of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, Paul says, it's devoid of its power. Then we are kidding people. We are lying to people. But we are not. Amen? This Christmas, can I urge you, bring Jesus to people. 
Don't bring them to a theology. Don't bring it to your latest revelation. People couldn't care less about your latest revelation. But I tell you, you bring them to that. You bring them to the King. You show them the power of the Holy Spirit. You pray for the sick. The dead are raised. The blind can see. People get healed. Then they're going to pay attention to the Jesus of that. You want to stay big? Have a fresh revelation of Jesus. I uh, love worship. And so I was in the office this morning and uh, d- different songs have different times for me. But uh, lately the song, You Are Worthy of It All with I Exalt Thee, has just captivated my heart again. And I lose it. I just, I just, I just lose it. I just, and I'm bawling my eyes out and these big arms come around me. And my oldest son, who's not my most affectionate, he is, but he's, he's that's Samuel. You know, he's, he's a man. He doesn't, he's not touchy feeling like his dad. Puts his arm. He said, "Dad, are you okay?" And then he he he, he sees the song on YouTube uh, from Bethel, and he sees what I'm preaching on, and he just holds me. I couldn't feel the arms of my son. I felt the arms of the father. But does worship still overwhelm you? Does the name of Jesus still do a number for you? See, when we come out of the why, not the what, the people will start paying attention. We give people always the what. You start giving them the why behind the what. Jesus died because he loves you. That's why. Because there is a kingdom and it's a lot bigger than what we do. People start getting on board with that. Amen. Keep it big. If the only thing we point them to is the church, we're in trouble. You know why? You don't build a church. Sorry. I know you work very hard, but in Matthew 16 says, I will build my church. And he's building people. But he says to you and I, get busy with the kingdom. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. Love one another. Multiply and add. Don't criticize. Be a cheerleader. Pray for the sick. Be, be, be financially generous. Be kind to one another. Love the Lord your God. See, this is the language of the kingdom. This is the language of the kingdom. And thirdly, what's in it for you and I? That's a funny statement, isn't it? It's about him and it's about his kingdom. But he involves you and I. Because God has always been in the business of people. Did you know that? For God so loved you that he gave his son. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, 66 chapters, it's all about people. Have you noticed that? God and Israel... God and the new covenant, Jesus and people, the Holy Spirit and the new church, and now us. See, the book of Acts hasn't finished at chapter 29. The book of Acts has been written right now, this morning. How about that? God is writing chapter 32 million right now. Every church, everything that God's doing, because it says of the increase of his government, there'll be no end. We are writing parts of Acts right now. Is that incredible? We just don't come and do church. We are church. But here's the third component. That you are called to be an ambassador of the kingdom. There's one question in life, in ministry, and I've been in ministry now 30 years. It shows, doesn't it? I'm getting old. Look at the color of my hair, Ian. Yeah, all right. One question more than any other question has been asked of me. Paul, what is my purpose in life? Many Christians ask this. Non-Christians ask me this. 
old people, young people from all cultures. So today I'm going to settle this once and for all. It was worth the price of entry at church today just to hear this answer. Are you ready? It'll cost you a cup of coffee, Ian. Your purpose is a born again, spirit filled, son and daughter of the living God is to be an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You represent heaven on earth. That's it. Your job pays for your purpose to do what God's asked you to do. You're a a master builder, developer, all that Ian is. That helps him to be released, to be an ambassador of the kingdom and lead this church. Amen? So his job pays for his purpose. So when whatever your job is, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you earn, good for you. If you earn millions, I'll give you my address. No, I'm only joking. Never talk about money in church. The king, the kingdom, and now you. See, you never got saved just to go to heaven. You got saved to enlarge the kingdom of God. You got saved to make a difference, even just to one person in your life. Imagine if you only led one person to Christ. Listen to this. Imagine you shared the gospel in your own awkward, whatever way. Because not everybody's called to do an evangelist. But 1 Timothy says, discharge your duty, do the work of an evangelist. That simply means be a witness. Some have the office of an evangelist. But all of us can share the gospel. Imagine if you spent all of your life and you only led one person to Christ. And that person was the next Billy Graham. Would that change everything? You bet. You bet. Imagine if that one person changed the course of suicide in Australia forever. You bet. Imagine if domestic violence changed because you shared the gospel to one person for that family. On the other side of your obedience to the king and the kingdom, there's an ambassador who's going to make a difference in other people's lives. And that's you this morning. Don't shrink. Stay big. See, when our vision is big, when our mandate is big, because we understand who it's all about, then we live full. Then we live full. I think we got the scripture coming up from what? Second Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. Now all things are of God. Amen? So chill out. Somebody comes and robs your house today. Doesn't matter. No, it does matter. You know, I'm only making a good point. <laughs> Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. You're reconciled. Isn't it beautiful? If you die tonight, do you know with certainty you're going to go to heaven? Do you? Don't leave the building. Elvis has already left the building. Don't leave the building. If you know with uncertainty, 100% certainty, that you're going to go to heaven. Do you know that right now? Don't answer me. But if you don't, I'm going to pray in a minute that you would have that certainty. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I love that word. There's some words that just fascinate my heart. He's given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? The gospel of the kingdom of God. To bring lost people back to Jesus. Broken people back to Jesus. People who need healing, healed in the name of Jesus. Blind people who can see again. People are dead to be raised again. Amen. I so look forward to the day that we're in church and we'll see the dead raised. And I mean physically, not Christians. 
That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. John 3.16 is all over the scripture once again. He's reconciled. He paid the price. I heard this line. Were you guys in Warnable recently? Yes. I heard this one line from what he said. God wants what he paid for. Yes. Man, that messed me up. I went, what's that God of me? What's that mean? What's that mean? You know, somebody just says something and you just go, oh, that's for me. He wants what he paid for. He paid with his blood to reconcile humanity back to him. Not imputing their trespasses to them. That means that he took your trespasses, your brokenness, your lostness, your anxiety, your depression, your whatever, your past, so you can have a better future. That's what it means. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. Amen? An ambassador or a brand ambassador is somebody who represents something to other people. We represent Jesus and his kingdom to a lost world. Amen? So when you live here today, I said, I know what my purpose is. Recently, I went and saw an accountant. Now, for most people, that's normal. He's in Berwick. Lovely guy. So he asked me this question. He said, so Paul, what do you do? I had an identity crisis. So I was a pastor. I don't pastor anymore. I said, I don't know. Who am I? Praise God, he's a Christian guy. Uh, you're a kingdom, you're, 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 what am I? A kingdom consultant. Oh, that's right. I know who I am now. And then he said, no, you're a son of God, first and foremost. I said, that's right. But I am a kingdom consultant. I'm a kingdom ambassador. I'm a brand ambassador. I live for the king and the kingdom. And I hope that when you walk out of here today, you walk out with a sense of purpose here at church, going, We come to church, we do all that we need, but my life is bigger than just Sunday. I am a brand ambassador. And the brand is the king and the kingdom. And if God can use anybody, he can use you. He's just looking for a willing man and a willing woman to say, here I am. Choose me. Will he find one in the gap? And maybe just today, you're going to respond to this and say, you know what? I need new wine. So I can bring new wine to God's people. Your life purpose is to be Jesus' ambassadors. We represent him as our father, John 18. My kingdom is not of this world. We represent him. We have a new kingdom identity. Galatians 2. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer I lives. We are his witnesses. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Isn't that good? Brand ambassadors. That's what it means. Full of the power of God. Isn't that great? So if somebody asks you, what's your job? I'm a brand ambassador for the king. (laughs) And watch their response. Love that. We carry his message to the lost. Luke 19, he came to seek and save the lost. We rule and reign with Christ to Timothy. We carry the keys of the kingdom, Matthew 16. And we'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Read the rest. We release his kingdom here on earth as it is on heaven. The Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer. Isn't it a beautiful prayer? Our father, my puppy. I call him puppy. My puppy, my daddy, Abba father. It says, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Our role is to bring heaven down to earth. To bring his rulership, 
His rule and reign, his peace, his shalom peace. Shalom peace. Oh, how Australia right now needs shalom peace, the peace of God. You bring peace to other people. Are you a peace bringer? Blessed are the peacemakers. Before we have peace, sometimes we have to make war. You have to fight for peace. Did you know that? But we bring peace to people. We bring peace. We don't bring gossip. We don't bring brokenness. I bring peace. Hopefully that you bring peace to people. Peace. Don't worry what other people are doing. You are a peace bringer. Isn't that lovely? This Christmas, you want to give somebody a present? Give them peace. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Peace. Shalom. We carry his supernatural power and so on. Let me finish this and I want to pray. Let's stand together. What have we learned today? The prophetic declaration from Isaiah 54 is this. Oh, it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Most people preach this as enlarge the tent, meaning the building. I don't believe that. It says enlarge the place. And that is the place of influence. And I believe it in the context of the new covenant. That's the kingdom, the rule and reign of God. Enlarge, expand the rulership of God, not just in your life, but people around you. And how do we do this? Have a fresh revelation of Jesus. Fall in love with him again. Secondly, understand the mandate is to build the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, the sovereign, supernatural, Shekinah of glory that infiltrates all that we do. And thirdly, that you are a brand ambassador. You're a son and a daughter of the living God. You want to stay big? Ask the Holy Spirit for fresh daily revelation of Jesus and his love for you. This Christmas... Let God's love through his birth overwhelm you again. Ask Holy Spirit to give you a vision for his kingdom. Once again, Lord, would you take away, Lord, religious cataracts, religious cataracts, sinful cataracts, any cataract that would prevent my eyes to see you in the bigness and the majesty of your kingdom rulership. Open my eyes. I want to see you. I want to see bigger. I want to have 360 vision. Let me see you, God. Let me see the lost, the least and the last and see them redeemed through the blood of Jesus back into the kingdom. And thirdly, ask Holy Spirit for fresh oil of gladness and new wine to enable you and anoint you today. Oh, we need the anointing. And we need fresh oil. So I want to pray right now. We're nearly done. We're going to have coffee now. In the last minute or two, there's two prayers I want to do. One is to ask you a question this morning. Do you know the King? Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as your Lord and Saviour? Do you know him as the lover of your soul? Do you know him not just as your saviour? Do you know him as your Lord and master? Not just that you put your hand up and you're living your life as you please, but that you truly are his ambassador and represent him well. Do you know him? And secondly, today, there's some oil here. We would be honoured just to pray over you. 
for fresh anointing oil to be his ambassador. So let me pray the first prayer. If you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation, says in the word of God. When somebody gives their life to Jesus, the Bible says there's a party in heaven. Today it may be you. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been prompting your heart, preparing your heart, opening your heart, so this lanky Italian guy can come and preach and today you can give your life to Jesus. But if you've never given your life to Jesus, would you pray this quietly in your heart with me right now? Quietly in your heart. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, here it goes. Dear Jesus, I come before you And I ask that you would forgive my sins. Forgive that I've been living a life separated from you. I realize through the preaching today how big you are as the king of the universe. But would you now become the king of my life? Become the Lord and ruler of everything that I am. I come before you, my majesty, and I give myself... And I ask that today I would become your son or your daughter. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And that your blood washes away my past and brings me into a glorious future with a purpose. To serve you and you alone. Would you fill me now with your Holy Spirit? Would you enable me now with the oil of gladness? Would you pour out new wine upon me so I can fulfill this purpose of becoming your ambassador? I pray this in Jesus' name. Can we just close our eyes for one minute? If you prayed that with me this morning, if you've never prayed that before, would you just lift up your hand right now? If you've never prayed it before, just say, yes, Paul, I receive Jesus right now. Father, we thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au.